I know for sure that God loves us and does want to bless us. And often it felt like I was getting in the way. And that's why I recommend looking at your day, whether or not you have it written down, and then asking God, what do you want me to do today to God? And just try it for a week and you'll have a totally different life. I know that. Do you need encouragement to turn tragedies into your own triumphant life story? If so, this podcast is for you. Listen to powerful guests who have persevered through challenges so you can gain strength to build your championship life. The host of Professor of Perseverance Podcast, Dr. James Perdue. Hey, we bring on guests that's going to help you with your struggle, with your fight, with your challenge, with your differences to help you get a better life, have a better life. I'll let you know that at the end of the tunnel, when you see that light there and know it's not a freight train, you're doing the right thing. Hey, remember, sometimes to smell the roses, what do we got to do? We might have to walk through the fertilizer to get to that rose smell, but we're going to be able to handle life. Come out on the better end, and our guests are proof that it can happen. Today, my guest, she, a single mother, and say, I respect all single mothers. They're the workforce of everything. My mom raised my, uh, me and uh, my other brothers, my siblings, single, did a great job. I know I'm a little biased on that part, but, but she did a great job. I really, single mothers, top of the game. All right, but she's a mother of eight, sole financial supporter, and had returned to university to finish her bachelor's degree. Here's what the problem is. She was a compulsive list maker. Had these lists to do, to do, to do, to do. And she never felt like she was accomplishing what she needed to do. And that's when she decided her life changed, when she decided to turn everything over to God's list to do, not hers. And she's going to tell us how all this came to find her purpose in life. Welcome to the show, Margaret Agar. Hi, James. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. And we're glad that you're here and appreciate again you sharing your valuable time with us because we all know time is valuable and we appreciate that you're here to help someone in the long run. Thanks. And I, I really like sharing about how I turn my to-do list over to God because I know a lot of people who are to-do list addicts and I even know people and I was one of them who, if I did something that wasn't on my to-do list, would actually add it to my to-do list so I could check it off. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So I was a to-do list. I, I didn't know how else to get through life. Well, and see, life. And we're taught to be successful in life. We need to set goals, right? And which is a to-do list, you know, goals yeah. to be set. But we need to yeah, prioritize things and learn what's working, what's not working, learn from it, move from it, whatever, adjust in life. Uh, but uh, again, and I'm, I'm a, I consider myself a Christian, And but you said you finally decided to turn it all over to God. 
and instead of worrying about this list, and that's when you felt that you've been most successful. So if you want to go ahead and lead us into this. Okay, so what happened is I I knew all about prioritizing. I knew about, you know, A quadrant or one quadrant, whatever someone wanted to call it. But everything that was on my list, I felt like was a type A. You know, it was make sure my son got to the doctor. It was have a paper ready to turn into class. It was have a report ready and an invoice for a client. And I would think, I I don't even know. Sometimes I would walk into the class and the professor would have put a sign up, um, sick, the test has been put off until Friday, just things like that. And I would think, I, I seem to be working on the wrong thing sometimes. So I thought, you know, who who knows the future? Who knows what's coming? And it was God. I thought, well, God knows. God knows yes. what I really need to do today. And at the time, I was lucky to get four hours sleep a night. And in the middle of the night, I often woke up just with a sense of, ah, everything's going wrong. I, there must be something I'm not doing. And as I started turning my to-do list over to God, and the way I did it is I would just take it to him and say, okay, here's what I say I have to get done today. What do you say? And I would have that thought that I know is God, and I would just start to cross things off. Okay, I don't have to do this. I don't have to do that. And he would often add something like, I want you to call this particular friend, or I want you to make a meal and not anything to make a meal and take it to someone. But he gradually changed my life and he took out of my life the things that didn't matter and didn't have to get done. A lot of us will keep adding projects. Um, and I, I still am inclined to do that. And as I did that, I, if I focused only what he told me to do, didn't add things, at the end of the day, I'd be done by eight at night. I'd be relaxed. I won't be worried because I think, well, I got everything done. He said it had to be done, right? And over time, I started asking something different. I started asking, well, what do you want me to do today? Now, if you're a Christian, you know the Lord's Prayer, right? And it starts out, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Mm-hmm. Thy will be done on earth the way it is in heaven. And I started thinking about, do you think the angels of heaven are running over to God? Oh, I've got so much to do. Can you help me with this? Or do you think the angels in heaven are saying, you have so much to do. How can I help you? And oh, that's so, good. Yes. And so as I did it, I found three things. One is I, I did manage to get the laundry done, the dishes done, the meals made. You know, he didn't forget that here on earth we have to eat and clean. And I also became a blessing in people's lives and I, if I was focusing on what he needed me to do, he then gave me what I needed. I don't know how that worked. I mean, I still was working on what I needed, but I have some stories about that that are kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I like the way you turned that around with the angels. That's that's pretty good. That uh, instead of them running around with this to-do list and get overwhelmed, it's, yeah, what can I do to help you, you know, God? you know, to fulfill your world out. And so that's, that, that's, I like the way you turn that around. So yeah, that's, uh, and I'm, I'm a firm believer. We are here to help people uh, as much as we can. We can't do everything every time, but there's times that we can do st- something. And so I, I believe we should be a servant. Yes. And, and this concern about, oh my gosh, but my family, things like that. 
I can remember one day making a list, which I thought would be good. Like, God's, God's going to like this list. Uh, it's got a little service in there. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I took it to him and I was praying and he said, that's a good list. I, oh, thank you. And then would you be willing to change it? And I thought, oh, well, mm, yes, because it's, yeah. it's usually how I feel. I'm kind of committed to my list at some point. Mm-hmm. And then he said, I want you to just focus on um, being available for your husband today. And and he, I used to give massages. Make sure you give him a massage today. You know, he he wants us to love our families. We're not have to be out. We don't. He doesn't. He makes sure our families are cared for too. Yes. Yeah. 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 I was. This is getting awesome now. Now let's go. Let me ask this question now that. Um, how do we know that this voice that you're listening to is not your inner voice trying to talk you into something, you know, that you're, you're saying it's God talking, telling you, instructing you what to do. So there's, there's three, three ways I learned it. I'm sure many of your listeners already know how to recognize that voice, but some are saying, I, I don't know. And so when I was in my early twenties, I went to God and said, I don't know how to recognize your voice. I'm not sure when you're talking to me. And I'd like to learn, but I don't even know how you can teach me if I don't know yeah. how to hear it already. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, so at the one, I'll just share one experience. I was making a dinner just for my family. It was on a Monday. And the pot I was making, I was making chili, kept getting bigger and bigger. And this thought kept coming to me, invite the Joneses to dinner. And I thought, no, they just came to dinner Friday night. That'd be stupid. And then the thought came again, I invite the Joneses to dinner. It often sounds like me talking to me. And I mm-hmm. thought, no, no. Um, you know, for one thing, it's Monday night, and we had set aside Monday night to just be for our family and, you know, not get involved in sports or anything like that. And then the third, the thought came the third time. So this is important. The thought is a good thought, and it keeps coming back. I don't, you know, usually when I say, yeah, I'm not going to do something, I don't think about it again. But when it's God, it will keep coming back. Okay. So we did invite them to dinner, which was interesting because we were having a little scripture study with our kids and the God said, invite them to stay for that little scripture study. And what we were teaching the kids was about tithing. So the people, they came to dinner um, as we shared the tithing lesson. And I don't think they would have told us this otherwise. They said they had been trying to pay tithing and they had gotten behind because they wanted the blessings of tithing. And mm-hmm. And then they got this check-in and they thought, well, we can either catch up our tithing or we can buy food or we can kind of do half and half. And they, they really prayed about it, went to church on Sunday and paid their tithing. And by the time they left church on Sunday, they had been invited to dinner every night of the week except Monday. <laughs> so, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, oh, so that was God. That had to be God. And yeah. the other thing I did is I recognized he talks to me in words I understand, and but I probably don't use them. For We were going up to Alaska, and I prayed, what, else, what do we have to do to get ready? And the answer just popped into my head immediately. So often it's immediate. And it was, take a brisk walk every day. Well, now I know the word brisk. I will have never in my life in conversation used the word brisk. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh-huh. And so, and you, you know, you get the difference. He's very clear. Like a brisk walk, I don't have to take up jogging. A brisk walk, I'm also not strolling along, smelling the roses, so you don't get your heart beat up. And so that's another way I recognize it is he's clear and concise and he speaks in my language. I have a friend 
um, who says when God talks to her, he calls her girlfriend. Listen, girlfriend, he says. <laughs> hey, oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. And the third thing I do is I journal. It does help me to journal. I'm reading my scriptures. Things will jump out at me. And I'm journaling about what I'm thinking as I'm thinking about that problem or issue. And at some point, I'll realize I'm not, this is not me. What I'm writing is thoughts that he's putting in my head. Mm -hmm. So those are the three things that I would say, learning to recognize that spirit. I like uh, journaling. I don't journal as much as I need to or should. Um, but the, I like, I, I really like, cause at the end you get to go back and refresh your memory on what happened last year that you have yeah. forgotten about. And then you realize how much, especially when you're, you're down in the dumps, you're depressed. And then you go back and read these journals to see how much you have really blessed someone else. Or like you said, blessing has come to you. Yes. Do you want to hear that story? Do we have time? Yes, go ahead. So, yes. Okay. So the thought is, well, how are you going to find time, you know, for your, your own stuff? Like, it seems like you're putting it aside, which it often did. It was like, do you see that pile in the living room? Kind of was my reaction. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, um, well, I'm, now I've got two, the story I wanted to share, but the story that keeps coming to me is we were selling our house in California. We were getting ready to go off and serve missions. And as, as we were getting ready to sell it, we had a lot of work that had to be done, including crawling underneath and clearing some stuff out and taking care of some uh, little termite issue. And I could see, I mean, it was horrible. It was before cell phones. And even if we'd had one, it wouldn't have worked under the house. The phone would ring upstairs and we were selling stuff over the internet and I would have to crawl under the house and leap up and run across the deck and into the house and grab the phone before the last ring. And we had three days left or four days and then we were going to have a, a walkthrough for the house. And we knew it was going to take three days to finish whatever we were working on, which I don't remember. But as I picked up the phone, I heard this person say to me, um, can you give my dad a ride? to the doctor tomorrow and my thought was no That's but right. I, i'm trying to say no and what comes out of my mouth is yes <laughs> and we lived in the country so it was going to take me like an hour to go get her and then drive the other direction to the doctors which was an hour this was going to be an all-day thing and, mm -hmm. and we only had a few days left in this big three-day project so we go to the doctor's office again it's before the internet and while he's back with the doctor, I'm flipping through magazines and I see like one of those little tip columns. And as I read it, I realize it's about the thing we were trying to do that we couldn't figure out an easier way to do. And it was how to do it in an easier way. And so I was went home that day. I had given up a day in my life, but that tip saved us two days. And so I was See, God will put you where you need to be. <laughs> I, I'm a firm believer. Yes, God, uh, especially when you're um, down and out a little bit and you're feeling the poor, pitiful me thing. Oh. God will uh, put you in a position where you're to wake up and realize how much you have helped someone or how much you really are doing. Yeah, he'll, he'll definitely put you in the right spot when you get the old poor, pitiful me thing going. And oh, I just so, thought that this morning. I mean, it's not like it goes away, James. You know? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, my, my story I've, I've told my listeners is my uh, first book that I wrote is just a memoir on me and how I got in a wheelchair and everything. And I uh, 
two separate times. They were about a year apart, about a year apart, two separate times. I, I was motivational speaking, inspirational speaking, but my speaking business hadn't gone like I wanted it. Hadn't yeah. been as productive as I wanted it. And two times about a year apart, I said, I am done with this speaking. Forget this. It's time to move on in life and everything. Both times, again, a year apart, I go to the store to walk my service dog and everything. And both times, someone come up to me on the day that I said, I'm, do I'm done with this speaking. Come up to me and say, hey, uh, I read your book and let you know that uh, it's going to help me. And I'm going, yeah, right. You know, I'm thinking to myself, okay. And then I ask them the question, where'd you get my book from? Did someone refer it to you? Did someone throw it in a trash can and you picked it up? You know, I asked them that. And um, and now here's where God kicked my butt both times. Again, this is a year, year apart, yeah. these two conferences uh, with two different indivi individuals. Where did you, how did you get my book? Both of them told me. Your book is in the county jail library, and I was incarcerated, and I found your book in there. Oh. And so after yeah. that, I was going, you know, you can't quit after that. When no. those two, again, a year apart, they don't know each other, but yet they both found my book while yeah. they were incarcerated. And yeah. so that's when you go man, you're helping people out there that you don't even know. And so, you know, how can you, how can you, how can you quit now? You know, with God giving those examples. Right. I had a radio show for a while, kind of like your podcast. And that's one thing I noticed is he will lead me in a direction. And I think I know where he wants me to go. Oh, I'm going to be the next Glenn Beck. You know what I mean? And, um, <laughs> but it was just a year and a half. It was local. I had some good guests because it was a, a 50 kilowatt station, which at the time people who, you know, um, had best-selling books were looking for that, at least that size. Mm -hmm. But for a year and a half and then it was over. Like, no, that's all I want you to do. And I think like you, James, we're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to end up here if I'm doing this because God told me to do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, hmm. yeah exactly. So, yeah, he, he definitely knows where you need to be and what's going on with you. And again, it goes back to you're helping someone that you have no clue about. I know it. You don't have to know it. Right. Right. That's interesting, but it does help. So he does give us that um, reassurance, I think. when we Yeah. And, and I'm one of them. I like reinsurance. That way I know I don't feel like I'm wasting my time. And so when you know when you say reinsurance, I tell people it was a kick in my butt that God okay. said, "No, no, no, you're not done yet, buddy. You know, keep it going." And so, uh, you know, here's a front cover of uh, your first book here and uh, your memoir and uh, best-selling author here. We got Margaret Agar, and it's in his footsteps. And I gave my to-do list to God and got more done, more sleep less stress so and all your books are uh well, all oh, you got two of them and a working on the third one but their first part is called in his footsteps and then the subtitle tells you a little bit more um and we're talking right now at the moment about the uh the to-do to-do list gave it over to god and you get more done and less stressful and more sleep and helping more people now from there 
So, so um, when I think of those three books, and the third one is about marriage, I think of them as books about faith, hope, and charity or love. And the faith came from being willing to just give my life to God by giving him my to-do list because my daily to-do list is my life. Mm-hmm. And the the hope part came from when we served missions. We spent a few years serving missions. And to me, we hoped we could make the world a better place by bringing hope to people. Mm-hmm. And then that third book about our marriage, I my plan as a single mom was not to get married again. Um, and God had a different plan. And I, at the time, was an executive. And that, that degree worked. I ended up as an executive in the high-tech industry. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I was doing well. And I had a plan. I had my 20-year plan. It did not include remarriage. And so I ended up getting married again, um, just stopped being an, an executive in the industry, went off to serve missions. And you would think God had given me a promise. He said, you're going to meet the person you're going to marry next fall. And he gave me time to get used to the idea because I was like, no, thank you. And then, um, yes. And so what was interesting is you would think, you know, this would be a match made in heaven. But actually, um, my husband had been was very wounded emotionally and I had some emotional wounds. And so we had some rough spots. And at one point I said to God, if I'm supposed to stay in this marriage, I need some scripture or something to hold on to. And what I got was a promise. All will be made whole. And I thought of us and our children and those around us as a result of this marriage. And you know, we're still working on that, but I do see that happening. So it's all about listening to God, all three of them. There you go. Uh, I've never been married. Not to say I'm opposed to marriage, but I've never found the one. And so, but uh, uh, but I'm just looking again, uh, Love Becoming One with Parker. Again, first part of the title, In His Footsteps. And so, again, about love and marriage. And this is the third book. And uh, when do you expect or hoping to have that out? Well, by next fall. But again, this is God's timing. I thought it was going to be last fall. And um, our life fell asleep and uh, fell asleep, fell apart um, with a lot, with a fire in our house. I mean, just things and people oh, yeah. dying and executrix. And God had told me at the beginning of the year, don't plan on doing much this year. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that year's over. We're a bunch of us are glad last year is over. <laughs> so I tell you, just with that COVID, just all that mess going on and and still going on. Now, mm-hmm. your second book here. Uh, in his footsteps again. Emails from the mission field. Things to learn while serving. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big believer in again helping people. There's a lot of ways you can help someone that doesn't cost you any money. That's you know, correct. The, your special gift that you could use that someone could could use to help with. Uh, use that blessing. And again, I, I'm all about if you bless someone, like you said, it'll come back to you. It may not come back tomorrow, may not be next week, but it's going to come back in years to come, whenever. So again, in God's time, and it'll come back to you. So I actually learned something about specific prayer during that mission, um, Mm -hmm. that he wants us to be as specific and clear as he is. He wants us to become like him, right? And so at one point, we were trying to teach a family who didn't speak English, only spoke Spanish. And we were trying to bring them a spiritual lesson 
And we had made arrangements for some people who did speak Spanish to, to stop by when we were there. And they didn't show up. So we could say what we needed to say. We had no clue what they were saying back to us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and so the whole time I'm sitting there, I'm praying, please help these people to go by and know we need help. Please help them to go by and know we need help. And no one ever showed up. So the next day we run into them and they said to us, hey, we saw your car at so-and-so's house last night. And we thought, wow, they're brave because they really need help. You know what I left out? And please have them come in and give us that help. <laughs> so I was like, he gave me exactly what I prayed for. Now that sounds kind of funny, but I think he, you know, it went well. The little spiritual lesson went well. It all worked out. And he wasn't being mean to me. He was saying to me, I want you to learn to be specific and clear. So it was a good lesson for me. It's, it's a good lesson for all of us. And uh, again, more clear we are, the more we are to know what we need to, it's coming to us or needs to be done. And they're, hey, Eagle VP, thank you for coming in. And Eagle VP saying, hello, Margaret. Hi. Oops, right there. There we go. Saying hello to you. Eagle VP, thank you for coming in. So, hi, hi, Eagle VP. <laughs> all right. And so, um, yeah, this is, this is, uh, I'm enjoying our conversation here. It's, uh, um, I'm like you. I don't know the inner voice that I'm listening is myself, you know, wandering and talking. If God is putting something into me, and so I'm, I'm still having to learn that as well. Um, when He's really talking to me, that I'm that I really listen and know it's Him, and yeah, I'm, I'm still having to learn that as well. Well, sometimes so. I have to ask that: Is this you? Is this you? And once, oh my gosh, and this is in the mission book too. I think he was, how much time do we have, James? Oh, we got a few more minutes. We got uh, okay. about uh, seven, eight, ten minutes. Okay. So I kept getting the thought that I knew as God that I should call this woman. Now she was disabled. And at the point, at this point we were in Alaska and her husband worked on the, on the slopes, which meant the only way you can get from the slopes back down to where most people live, Wasilla and Anchorage, is um, by flying. And so flights had been canceled. And at the point this this story ends, but at the time we had gone by her house. She'd only let us come in one time. And she had next to her on her couch, a phone and people would, I could hear the phone ringing and it would just go to voicemail. At that point, it was the, you know, the machines where you kept your messages. And I could hear her listening to the messages and she never picked up. Well, so then I kept getting the thought that I should call her. And I thought if she wanted us to come and if she wanted us to talk to her, she would pick up that phone. And it's humiliating to me to keep calling her, knowing she's just sitting there listening to me and not picking up. And mm -hmm. so I left the same message every time. Oh, we're thinking of you. If you ever need any help, call us. Here's our number. I must have done that six times, six weeks in a row. And at the end, I was like, why? Because I don't want to do this anymore. I think I'm bugging her. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, she called me one day. And she said she had gone, she had three disabled children that she cared for. And she had gone in for an outpatient surgery, had thought she'd be home in the afternoon. But something was had gone wrong. And she was going to have to stay in the hospital overnight. Her children were on their way home from school. And she needed someone to be there when they got home and to take care of them. And so she called me 
And I, as I thought about it, God was saying to me, see, if you'd called her once six weeks ago and left that message, she wouldn't think to call you. But the fact that you left that message six times, that it was on her answering machine and that you left your phone number every time, she knew how to call and who to call. And uh, again, that was a, a blessing. And it, it was not easy for me to do that. I've, I've worked in sales and I'm not going to keep calling people if they don't call me back, you know. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you feel like it's your pestering. You feel like, you, yeah, I understand that with the, the cold calls when I got into first speaking, trying to, and then you call them to re, you know, to find out what's yeah. going more. And then you're going, I mean, this is the eighth time I'm calling. I know I got to be bothering them. And uh, yeah, so I, yeah, I understand what you're saying there. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, if God's right on, the, definitely on that one with her, she probably failed with the disabled children. I know how to take care of them. I know what needs to be best for them. I know because I, yeah, I can, then if she, if you called one time, she'd been going, uh, does she really want to, or is she just saying that just to, because I have her? to, yeah, 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 I have to, or uh, out of pity, or out of just to clear her conscience, yeah. Um, but repeating, maybe she really does want to do something to help, and yeah, the, the so I can see that with God explaining that to you, yeah, that's that's good, so. Yeah, so he also asked us to do things that were like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> and it had to be in, it had to be enough, not to say because I'm disabled and everything, but it had, it had to be in a, a blessing knowing that you're helping someone um, less fortunate into the physical area, mental area, and knowing that they, they'll be cared for when she really needed it. That when had she, to be in a blessing in itself for you. It, it was. I guess it was. We often, and, yeah. We and I'm not saying just because they're disabled. Yeah. I mean, because you're going to go take care of somebody else's child when some, you know, someone happens to be in a hospital or late for work or something. I mean, that's a blessing as well. But the ones it, here that really need some expertise and cooking, getting supper, or helping them get, yeah, to know they're cared for, that's got to be a, a, a huge blessing, I would think. And to right, and to know I've brought them some kind of peace, peace, you know. Yeah, because you know they were going to be worried about Mama, uh, where she had it, uh, not home, and why are you here, and uh, some some peace, and not uh, uh, had them at ease as well. So, wow, Margaret, you are a blessing. I'm telling you right now that uh, you have lightened me this morning, and so uh, making me ready to go out and go do something to help someone out there. Uh, I'm a big big believer when I get in my Oh, poor, pitiful me. Then I'm going to take my service dog to the store because you won't believe how many people just want to hang all over and hug this dog. And then they'll, there's several people that have cried to me and go, I had to put my dog down six months ago or uh -oh. nine months ago. And then they're loving all over him and making them feel more at ease. And so when I, when I get to that poor, pitiful me, I just take that dog and we go and do miracles. Oh, I love miracles it. through God, love not not me. Yes. Miracles through God and a dog. Is what I, I, I want to people. start saying that it seems odd to say it. Oh, I was doing that because of God. God loves you, you know. And the other day, I was getting a. It was it was not the other day. It was last summer because it was hot, and I was gonna get some water. I saw a watermelon truck by the side of the road, and I thought I'm gonna get a watermelon on my way home from 
the store and I went by and I went through um, Burger King and they were selling those dollar ice cream cones. I thought, I'm getting me one of those. And I, I got it and they didn't have any cones, but they just put it in a cup. They said they'd do that. And then as I went mm -hmm. out to pay, after I paid for it, and there's a big long line behind me of other cars, as I pulled away from the um the cashier, I had that thought that I know is God. And he said, I want you to give this ice cream to the person selling watermelons. And I thought, you know, if you told me that two minutes ago, I'd go order two ice creams. Exactly. <laughs> well, you don't really need an ice cream. And I thought, well, what do you like my diet coach now? But anyway, yeah. so um, I was like, okay, I think I cannot eat this ice cream for the mile I have to drive to get to that watermelon truck. I think I can have enough yeah, self control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As I pull up, here comes this elderly, sweaty, hot old man. And I thought, I brought you an ice cream. And he's like, well, thank you. And what I didn't say, what I wish I'd said was, and you know why? Because God said, my son here needs an ice cream. I want you to bring it to him. That's right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We don't think, and then, you know, God is not in it for taking credit. Um, no. Even though we should be giving it, but there's plenty of times, yeah, that I don't, yeah, I don't say, hey, here's a miracle from God. Here's my dog to play with. No, I, I do the like you. Hey, yes, yes, you can, you can play with my dog. It's cool. <laughs> Instead of saying, yep, uh, God sent us here today for y'all to uh, meet Ricardo and play with him. Yep, yeah, I'm like you. I need, I need to give credit more, but hey, he's not in the credit business. No, but, he isn't. Uh, but I, but I'm that. like, I'm like you. I really do need to. Give more credit. <laughs> and I want them to know how much he loves them. That's really the message. God loves you and wants to bless you. And the way he does it is through other people. And so here's this ice cream. <laughs> Amen, sister. There we go. All right. Uh, yeah, Margaret, appreciate you being here. Again, Margaret Agar. Hey, give us your social media website, how people can find you and uh, your book. I know it's on your website. Your th uh, two books and third to come. Right. So on the website, inhisfootsteps.com, I, I also have a blog where I have other stories. I have some of the radio shows, but the books, how to get them are all there, the different sites you can get them from. And I have a monthly newsletter. I like to assure people, you're only going to get it once a month because I'm too lazy to do more. And then uh, my social media, I am on Facebook. I have an In His Footsteps page on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. It's also In His Footsteps. And I'm on uh, Instagram. And again, that's an in his footsteps. So, and that came from God too, because I was calling myself apprentice to the master thinking of Christ, but he's like, uh, no, that's right. Yeah. Change it to in his footsteps. So, yep, uh, you know, a lot of people go into apprenticeship learning from a mentor or a coach, whatever. So yes, the same thing we should be, yeah, God, I never thought of that. You brought that into my uh, thinking capacity now that we are an apprentice yeah, to uh, God. Uh, apprentice yeah. of God, yeah. So that's that's good. So uh, in his footsteps, uh, you can Google that. You'll find Margaret that way, and I'll put the uh, links in the notes here to make it easier for people to click on as well. So, all right, Thank Margaret. Uh, last thing here, we know that people are hurting and struggling, and if you can leave us with a uh, positive message that would help them get through today, that would be a blessing in itself. I know for sure that God loves us and does want to bless us. And often it felt like I was getting in the way. And that's why I recommend looking at your day, whether or not you have it written down, and then asking God, what do you want me to do today to God? And I, just try it for a week and 
you'll have a totally different life. I know that. There we go. Thank you. Yes. Ask and you shall receive. So from there. All right, Margaret. Hey, thank you for being on and appreciate it. And I hope, uh, you know, they say this stuff's going to be on the internet for years to come and it's never leaving now. So just think in a hundred years from now, somebody's going to find this and you're going to spotlight them and help them get through today. And from there. All right, everybody else. uh, Thank you for coming in. Hey, uh, Eagle VP, thank you for showing up and uh, supporting us and uh, listening and to Margaret and everything. And I hope you have a blessed day as well. Everyone else, hey, be sure to share this. You know, people need hope out there. People need some type of inspiration, motivation. Be sure to share this out. Let someone know that life is worth living and everything's going to be okay. Get through your struggle. I'm Dr. James Perdue, the professor of perseverance. Do something today, tomorrow, something next week that's going to help you persevere past your paralysis. Thanks for listening to the Professor of Perseverance podcast. For motivation, inspiration, and encouragement. For more information, go to Facebook at Professor of Perseverance. Visit the website at professorofperseverance.com and view the YouTube channel, Dr. James Perdue, Professor of Perseverance.